discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. How's it going, y'all? Welcome to episode 108 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. You know, I was at the laundromat earlier, and uh, it's funny, I've mentioned the laundromat a number of times on this show. Now I, I go to one particular laundromat and I've I've threatened to start going to a different one that's in a less bizarre neighborhood. But seeing as it's only five minutes away, I continue to go to the one that's most convenient. And it's always a trip despite being close by right I mean it in terms of it's always strange there's always strange folk hanging about strange things going on and being that I try to maintain some amount of awareness. I, I don't wear my headphones. You know, I'm not in there listening to podcasts or music or anything like that. I am paying attention. I'm present. You know, I bring the dog with me to look after the truck while I'm inside. And when I'm not moving my laundry or folding my laundry, I tend to go out to the truck and hang out and keep an eye on things from the parking lot. And I hope this doesn't make me sound paranoid, you know, but it's just the simple truth that that I almost feel like that's when I'm at my most exposed All my clothes are soaking wet. 
locked in a machine and I'm just hanging out waiting for the chance to get the fuck out of there. Right? Sometimes I just throw all my shit kind of, you know, once it's dry, I, I don't bother folding it till I get back to the shop. Right? It's not like I'm scared, but, you know, there's, there's a camp of homeless folk right behind the place. And lots of, lots of oddity, you know, just strangeness. But today, you know, I'm in there and there's this old drunk, right, who I've seen before. You know, he tends to just kind of hang out. And I don't think he's doing any laundry. Um, he's just kind of loitering right? But he's a nice guy. And I've talked to him. I've talked to him a few times. You know, he's very polite. And he's very, he's very engaging, right? You know, you can tell he really wants to just talk to people. And every time I've seen him, he's, he's said the same thing. You know, he says, Hey, you know, what do you, buddy? Hey, come here. You know, he'll kind of beckon you over. And I don't want to be rude or, you know, dismissive. So I, I go say hi. I you know, and every time he, he says, what do you do? You know, I see you're wearing boots. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, in my head, I'm like, man, I've told you this, but I say, well, I'm a gardener, right? He says, oh, okay. Okay, cool, cool. And he, he goes on to say, I used to do concrete, right? You know, again, I'm thinking, yeah, man, you told me. Like, <laughs> and he's sitting there, he's got his brown paper bag with the tall boy of, you know, some kind of beer in it. And, and I'm not judging this man at all. Right. I'm, if anything, I'm just partly just wanting to be left alone. Right. You know, he's being just a hair demanding with my attention, but but I'll be friendly for a moment and I'll chat with him and yeah, oh yeah, you used to do concrete. Yeah, yeah, I helped with the, you know, with the baseball stadium and this and that, you know, big jobs, big jobs, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he says, you know, I'm, I'm just living on my social security now, like blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, part of me is getting like anxious or a little, little not anxious, but... um maybe irritated, you know, a little annoyed that he's kind of monopolizing my attention. But, but then I just kind of decided to just go with it, to just relax. You know, I really didn't have anything better to do. So I, I talked to him for a while more, right? And we had a couple you know, little jokes and laughs and stuff. And, and he finally kind of gets to the point, right? You know, probably his motive from the start, but he says, "Hey, man, you know, I'm just curious. Uh, you know, I've got some, I've got some money." He says, "Could you take me to the liquor store?" I said, "Hey, you know, sorry, buddy, I can't. Like, I got my dog in the truck. It's you know, there's no room for you. Like, it's just the two, the two seats, which is." true but not true right like if he was someone i knew and trusted i'd i'd say you know well hop on in like the dog can ride in your lap right but he's not somebody i know and he's not somebody i trust 
he's a guy from the neighborhood who I've seen, but who hangs out at the laundromat drinking beer, asking for rides. And some people might say yes and give that guy a ride. And I guess, you know, that's their prerogative. You know, God bless you if you do. But to me, it's it's asking for headaches. It's asking for possible trouble. And I don't mean to say that that guy's going to rob me. You know, he seems just like an old, you know, curmudgeon. Nah, curmudgeon's not the wrong word. Just an old kind of sad drunk. But you got to kind of keep an eye out and, and, you know, it's operational security. It's looking after your own well-being, you know, getting, getting more involved with somebody like that. I, you know, it's just, there's a, there's a little bit of risk there, right? Maybe I'm just being, I don't know uncharitable maybe I should have taken that guy to go get his beer you know maybe I would have heard something you know some story or something you know maybe it would have been an interesting chat but then again maybe I'm just helping a guy who won't help himself Don't get me wrong, right? Like I don't have any judgment for him. I'm not I'm not condemning or looking down on him. But what I was thinking was, you know, like don't let yourself become him. Right? If I'm being honest with y'all, you know, there have been a few moments where I, I, I'm a self-aware individual, right? And um, there have been a few moments where I guess the self-doubt kind of creeps in and I, I take a step back and I look at my position and I say, man, you're almost 30 years old. You're living in a, in a garage. You know, you've got a, business that you've started that is not making as much money as as you need at least not yet you know and when i say need it you know it's all relative i have enough for my needs i can cover my needs my basic needs but when it comes to progressing right as i've talked about a lot you know to buying that that piece of land you know, I have yet to break through, right? And it's easy to kind of get down on it. You know, the podcast doesn't have a whole lot of listeners. The book hasn't sold a lot of copies. You know, I only have a couple dozen clients. You know, I even broke down the other day and I just, I just searched to see what kind of jobs might interest me, right? that are out there, that are available in my town. 
and I just couldn't find jack shit, really. I mean, there were a couple things that piqued my interest. You know, a couple things in the trades. A couple of writing positions that sounded halfway interesting. But, you know, it almost feels like I'm either underqualified as a writer or overqualified as a laborer, right? Now... I'll say that it was it was one of those moments of just like what am I going to do? How am I going to break out of this? How am I going to how am I going to move ahead? How am I how am I going to get ahead? And the next day I just decided to to plug into my own network, right? I've got friends that are stagehands. So I reached out to one who's in the sort of upper ranks. And I said, hey man, I'd, I'd like to get on with y'all for the winter if I can, you know, do some work. And this is kind of piecemeal work. They call you, you either say yeah or no, right? Perfect. And so they called me and I, I went and I helped build. It's kind of cool. It was the WWE SmackDown was here, right? At the, at the field house, you know, where the Pacers play. It's called Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Used to be Conseco Fieldhouse. Used to be Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Whichever corporate fucking motherfucker, you know, is owning the place now. I was down there and I helped build the ring for this professional wrestling match, right? Kind of funny. And, you know, I had a great time doing it. Had a good time with all the guys that I was with uh you know some gals in the ranks there too don't get me wrong but we we constructed this thing right and we set up the stage and the sort of walkway that leads from the entrance where the pro wrestlers are going to walk out and make their big debut under the spotlight with you know pyrotechnics going off around them and shit and we hung the ropes right the fucking ropes around around the ring that they climb and jump off of and bounce off of and throw each other into and and I got to step between them just like they do on TV which was it was like living out a childhood fantasy and on my way home from the laundromat I saw two kids fresh off the school bus wrestling in the front yard and it, it made me smile, thinking about how I used to be that kid. And I used to watch WWF or WWE or whatever the hell it was. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool just to see a million pieces, a million little things, right, coming together to create this production, this show, right? All the lighting and the audio and the cables and the and the you know the physical infrastructure of it all not to mention sort of the specific timing and process of getting it all set up you know there were probably 200 stagehands scurrying around like like insects building this this anthill this this structure 
which is quite impressive when it's all put together, right? And, uh, you know, it's all stuff that the WWE takes from city to city. They show up with about, I don't know, 30, 20 semi-trucks that we unloaded and put these tinker toy pieces together to create this set for their show, right? And it's a, it's a cool thing to watch happen right in front of you. And it, I think it's a, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, I, I mentioned it a, a show or two ago, where it's like the miracle of anything happening. You know, the, the tired question of if, if we were living in a stateless society, who would build the roads? Well, the same people that are building them now just a matter of how they get paid and how it gets planned but there's a million ways to skin that cat aside from government right and uh it's funny there was actually a bit of a well hmm, which to tell you first i'll tell you that the funny thing was right so i had to be there at 8 a.m and i worked till about three in the afternoon and then I went home, took a nap, ended up, I, I had dinner with my folks, and then I had to be back at 11 p.m. for what's called loadout, right? Where we tear everything down and load it back onto the trucks. And I get there, it's 11, uh, you know, it's dark out. I'm still not quite used to this gig, so I'm kind of like grabbing, you know, whatever stuff I need. I'm a little disheveled, and I'm... And I'm showing up, I gotta, I gotta hustle in there, be there at 11, right? It's about 10.55. And all of a sudden, you know, I shut the truck and I realize my keys and my phone are inside the truck. And I say, shit. And I reach and I try the handle and sure as shit, I had locked it. So I don't have my phone or my keys and I'm, I'm... Like, I might be here working till two in the morning, maybe later, and I got to figure my way home. I got to figure my way in the, in the door without my, without my door key. I'm kind of stressing, but I got to do the job, right? So I just go about my job, and I'm, I'm kind of mentioning it here and there to people as we're making small talk, like, yeah, hey, you, want, you want to know how my night's going, you know? Guess what I fucking did just just when I got here, blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, man, oh shit, that sucks. You know, like, you know, a couple people even said, you know, I could probably take you home afterwards if you need. And said, you know, thanks, but I need my key to get in my place. Right? Like, I don't want to have to break down my fucking door. And so I'm finally just like, all right, like I'm going to call AAA, but I got to time it right. I can't just skip out of work. This is go, go, go. You know, like, we are there to get this shit done, and I can't be asking for favors. You know, it's my first fucking shift. Rather, I guess my second shift, but my first day. And uh, so I do, you know, sort of a couple hours in, right? It's it's maybe 12.30, getting close to 1 o'clock, and I, I decide to go to, the, you know, go to the manager, 
say, hey, buddy, you know, this is kind of embarrassing, but I just want to tell you, like, I fucking locked my keys in my truck and my phone. Like, I don't even fucking have my phone, man. And I said, I'm not trying to skimp out or anything on work here, uh, but I'm just wondering if if maybe when we've got like 30 or 45 minutes left to left to go, when it's looking like we're kind of getting close, if I can just call AAA so I can kind of get the ball rolling, right? He said, yeah, no problem, no problem. He said, you got somebody you can borrow a phone from? I said, yeah, my buddy Andrew, right? He's like, all right, cool, cool, yeah. He said, just come to me, like, and and I'll give you a thumbs up if it's kind of looking like we're winding down. So you know, maybe 30, 40 minutes later, it's almost, you know, quarter to two or something. We're, we're kind of putting the, the, you know, we're at a bit of a, a log jam where everything's kind of in line, ready to get pushed onto the trucks. Uh, but there's not much going on. You know, a bunch of people are standing around. So I go up to the manager. I say, hey, man, can I call AAA? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, all right. So I go get my buddy Andrew. I borrow his phone. I call. She says, all right, it's going to be about an hour. I said, okay, okay. That should work out. That should work out. So we uh, you know, finish the job, and it takes them a while to kind of dismiss everybody, right? It's been about an hour when we're all done. And I, I said to my my buddy Virgil, I said, hey, you seen Andrew? He, you know, I ain't seen him. Kind of wondering what's going on. You know, I told him to keep his phone on, you know, keep the ringer on loud. So when the guy from AAA called, he could he could come get me, right? Virgil says, yeah, man, I'll call him. So he calls the guy up. And, uh, you know, Andrew says, yeah, man, we actually, you know, the guy already came and went. We got your shit. It's all good. It's all good. We're drinking beer in the garage. Like we're, you know, he's on the lighting cruise, so they got done early. They're all up there drinking beer. It's like, fuck yeah. So we head up there. We meet him. I get there. And, uh, and I said, you know, thanks so much, buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, he goes, yeah, man, but take a look and he points inside and my keys are sitting there on the seat and the door is locked and I look at him and he says I fucked up man like I did it too and I fucking I'm like no fuck like I like have a minor little meltdown and they all fucking start laughing right he says, it's cool, man. It's cool. We're just fucking with you. You know, he had taken my truck key off the ring and it was in his hand. And he says, here you go, buddy. We just had to get you, right? Had to fuck with you a little bit on your first call. <laughs> and it was funny, right? We all hung out. We drank beer. We smoked weed. You know, about 3.30, 4 in the morning, we all fucking went home. And it was a good time with some good people, right? It was good work. Like, we kicked some ass. In fact, that manager guy that, you know, that I was almost, you know, embarrassed to talk to, he came out and he was drinking beer and shit with us. You know, maybe I shouldn't be saying all this on the air. I'm not trying to get us in trouble. But it was just cool to have, like, that camaraderie, that community, that common goal. And we all did something together and we got it done and then we patted each other on the back and cracked some cold ones.
and it was refreshing after kind of working alone, especially after having that moment of self-doubt where it's like, man, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to make ends meet through the winter and this and that? You know, just a couple days later, I've got this kind of, you know, now I'm on the crew, right? And I've kind of earned a place amongst them, at least some of them. You know, we, uh, we shared blood, sweat, and beers together, right? <laughs> and if that's not something, I don't know what is. But I know there's, there's not a real clear central theme here, except that I guess shit works out. And that might be bold of me to say because it doesn't always work out well, right, for everyone, but shit does work itself out. You know, it's it's amazing that where there's a demand, there will eventually be supply. But I'm grateful for the fact that despite the humble beginnings i am seeing growth i am seeing progression i am i'm seeing potential in everything i do when it comes to the to the gardening business the podcast and the and the writing right even though it it's not happening overnight and i never expected it to right but there's a miracle of all these million pieces coming together, right? To create something. The miraculous nature of anything. Yeah, I don't think it should be ignored. Even the fact that I can go do laundry you know, that that there was a machine built by a manufacturer that was funded by a investor and started by an entrepreneur and now those machines sit down at the gas station 5 minutes from my shop and I can get my laundry done in an hour with relative comfort <laughs> and safety despite the, the the weirdness of it all and the and the homeless people and the drunks and the sort of ghetto-ness of it. You know, I have yet to be directly threatened. And uh, it's a miracle, you know. I've got clean, fresh-smelling clothes. And I I don't know if that fella's going to remember me next time. You know, he doesn't seem to remember me between visits to the laundromat, but next time I see him, maybe I'll just have to have to have that conversation all over again and be grateful that I can at least clean my clothes in the process. Right? You know, was it convenient? Was it was it fun to work from eleven PM to, you know, two thirty in the morning? You know, it was, it was hard work. My feet were aching. My back was sore. 
We lifted a lot of heavy things, and the pay was okay, but not great. But it's still a miracle, right? It's a job I can do with a smile. I don't have to hate my life, or I don't have to hate the people I'm working with. I can make ends meet how I so choose. That's the thing. I was afraid I might have to just phone it all in there, right? I had, I had a day, I'm saying, y'all, where I, I was afraid I was going to have to quit what I'm doing to get a grown-up job, right? Something regular, something with benefits, you know, selling toilet paper or toothpicks or some shit. But I just don't think I can do that. You know, that's part of my self-doubt. It's like I look at these job postings and I'm like, I don't want it and I don't think they'd hire me to do it. I haven't had a resume in seven years. I, you know, I... I don't know. It's, it's, it's just funny. I, you know, I just don't think I should do that. Like that cheapens it to, to quit now when I have laid the foundation would be, would be wrong. You know, I know there's something, something to what I'm trying to do. You know, advocating for permaculture and community and self-reliance and anarchy. It's not the easy way, nor should it be. But we're on the forefront. You know, I, I'd like to think I'm something of an innovator. And that means that if you're listening, you're an early adopter, and maybe you're an innovator in your own right. But I'm asking for a little help, right? If you know someone who might like it, give them a recommendation, right? Pick out a specific episode with a topic that might appeal to them. And if if some of you do that, you know, if I see a little bump in listenership, I will let you know. You know, right right now, I'm I'm happy with the numbers, right? It's been a steady, steady growth. And I'd like to keep it that way, right? So anyways, I think that's all for now. Um you know, it's coming to the point of the season where the days are getting short and cold and gray and a little bit wet. And uh, I'm grateful for some work I can do indoors, right? Got a couple projects to finish up before the end of the season. And I hope I can do that without the weather going to shit on me. But we'll get it done, right? We'll get it done. And uh, 
you know, it's okay. It's a shift of gears, right? Going into the winter. It's, um, it's a different mode and I'm embracing it, right? I feel much more at ease, you know, not in any kind of big rush. And, uh, that's a good feeling. I'm hoping to spend this winter reading and writing and working a little bit to keep a little money in my pocket. But it's, um, it's just amazing to me that anything is happening at all, anything good, when there's so much chaos. Taking, taking a bunch of pieces and putting them together is no small feat. But it's what we're called to do. It's at least what I'm called to do. So, anywho, I'll let you guys go. Hope that wasn't too much of a random sort of stream of consciousness uh, ramble, but I think you get the point. Let's, uh, let's go out and make some fucking miracles happen, you know? Because uh, I, think, I think our community needs it. Really does. All right, folks. I will talk to y'all soon. If you would like to donate to the Easy Peasy Podcast, please go to easypeasygardens.com slash donate thanks for listening